fucking do it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Hi, I'm Steph. And I'm Gilda. And this is Saturday Night High. I think the lag is back. Um, this is the podcast where we both get very high and talk about Saturday Night Live. So tonight... We are talking about season 47, episode four. It aired on October 23rd, 2021. It was hosted by uh, Jason Sudeikis and Brandy Carlisle was the musical guest. Yeah. Um, this is the first time a cast member has come back to host that I wasn't like totally fucking opposed to. Um, I still have not seen Ted Lasso. I've, re- I've read a bunch of listicles about really funny Ted Lasso quotes and I've laughed my ass off, but that means fuck all because I haven't seen the show. Um, I just hear everything in Jason Sudeikis' voice. He was in the cold open. I'm just going to go right into oh, it because yeah. I was so excited to see him in the cold open. I was like, oh, hell yeah. You never see the host in the cold open anymore. No, but it made sense with like the Biden off that they had. And it was James Austin... Johnson. Johnson. Okay. I almost said Jones, but I knew it wasn't one syllable. Um, it was James Austin Johnson uh, as new Biden. We had Chloe Feynman as Jen Psaki, Biden's press secretary. We had Jason Sudeikis as the OG Biden. <laughs> we shortly had Alex Moffat as Biden. And they asked, um, they were like, who the hell are you? When Alex Moffat stumbled onto the set. He's like, I'm Biden from March of 2021. It's like, you need anything? And they're like, nah, we're good. And he just left. And I thought it was a really um, meta commentary about Alex Alex Moffat's short stint as Joe Biden. Um, Yeah, and then it was like meta commentary on um, James Austin Johnson being a new cast member and Jason Sudeikis being in a love. Yeah. He was leading him through saying Life from New York. It was really cute. It really was. And apparently my mother prefers Alex Moffat out of the three of them. She's like, the new Biden doesn't even look like him. And I'm like, okay, now we're fucking dividing hairs or whatever the fuck they say. Like, come on. Yeah, I mean, James Austin Johnson just has a face that looks like no other. Yeah, no, it's a very unique face. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's a unique face for fucking sure. I certainly don't get him confused with any of the other male cast members. Um, I also... (laughs) (laughs) I also want to have that problem with every other one. Seriously, though, besides him, everyone else, they all just look like white men. Um... This was written by... I'm talking to Mikey Day and Kyle Mooney specifically. Fucking right. Do you know how many times I wrote down this episode, Mikey Day, and scribbled it out, Kyle Mooney, or the other way around? I swear to fucking God, for some reason, my brain cannot tell them apart. Um, Yeah, they were both all over this. The cold open was written by Mike DiCenzo, Jake Nordwin, and Kent Sublette. Nice. And who wrote the monologue? (laughs) Jason Sudeikis wrote the monologue. One man band. Love to see it. One man band. Well, and honestly, again, I love that they're just letting the hosts do their thing up there. Like, it's not cast member questions, not dancing through the studio. Um, But yeah, he talks about how the first 25 years of SNL ran on cocaine and adrenaline, the next 15 on Starbucks and a substitute, and the last six or so, Adderall and fear, which I laughed at. 
Um, yeah, no, that was great. It, that sounds about right. Honestly, though, I mean, anyway, uh, Jason Sudeikis says that Ted Lasso, he was surprised it became a hit in America because it's about the two things Americans hate, soccer and kindness. And again, I laughed. It was a really good monologue. He, yeah. Yeah, it was good. He said it was really special to be back in Studio AH and it's like, okay, no shit. Yeah, it's good to be back. Um, but he was just yeah, really but owning it up there. It turned... It turned really sentimental, and he talked about how the show had, Saturday Night Live, how it had changed his, it's changed all of our lives somehow, and it truly has. I mean, fuck, I've not, I have not watched a show longer than I have stuck with this show, and it's a staple of our lives. It changed his life when he was younger and discovered it. It changed his life again when he was on it. And then he started talking about the history and how everything had happened in that room and how it was, you know, John Belushi and Chris Farley and Gilda and all of these other people that had everything, like, all of our favorite moments from Saturday Night Live have happened in that fucking room. And I just, it was a fucking mic drop of the end of, of, it was a mic drop end to the monologue. And I was like, all right. It set the vibe high and then... I enjoyed the rest of the show, but I think it started off strong and slowed down after the monologue. I agree. It did kind of slow down. Um, and yeah, it was just so beautiful. I got goosebumps. Anyways, um, the next sketch was, this was like a reoccurring thing, but I'm not really familiar with it. <coughs> I know. I saw on Wikipedia that they were like, oh, this is a recurring sketch. And I'm like, from fucking when? I have no recollection oh, of this airing before. Maybe, wait. Am I talking? Wait. <laughs> no, no. This was recurring. The science room one? Yep. Okay, good. Mm -hmm. Okay, I thought I had yeah. my knickers in a twist. Nope. <coughs> <laughs> this was written by Jasmine Pierce, Cecily Strong, Mikey Day, and Streeter Seidel. Um, it featured... Jason Sudeikis as the teacher, Mikey Day and Cecily Strong as students. Um, they are just like clapping after everything their teacher says. He's like, no, you don't have to do that. They're talking about planets and how they rotate around the sun. And they're like, balls. And Jason Sudeikis is like, no, ignore the balls. At which point Cecily Strong chimes in with, my sister said never to ignore the balls. <laughs> and I fucking screeched. A lot of balls humor in this sketch um i did feel like there was a lot of like kind of like it felt repetitive for a minute there but then i laughed so hard through the whole thing like monkey day really his i, I don't know why but his little character was so funny to me um <laughs> we have we have melissa vias and your as Lonnie's mom or Lo and Jason Sudeikis I feel like he broke or like there was some ad-libbing there because he's like what the hell I've been calling her Loney this whole time and everyone's trying not to laugh Kyle Mooney was Mikey Day's dad they're all breaking at this point just trying to make it to the end of the sketch which I honestly thought played to this like it made the sketch stronger yeah I could like see Kyle trying not to laugh right before he went to walk in front of the camera. So, uh, Jason Sudeikis told them, hey, get off the state. Come on, get out of here. And both Melissa Villasenor and Kyle Mooney walk right into the camera and Jason Sudeikis chases them off the stage. It was great. 
Um, and then we went into Melon, male Ellen. Yeah, um, I don't know who this was written by. <laughs> the SNL standby line enigma. and whoever. It truly though, I, I I got all of my written by information from a chart on Twitter because I believe it's the standby line. Uh, they do God's work every week when they uh, seems like track it. down the fucking writers. I, seriously, I, I have no patience to track that shit down. So they are an integral integral help to this operation. Yes. Um, don't know who it was written by, but Cecily Strong was the narrator. Jason Sudeikis played Melon, and uh, there was awkward male dancing. Ellen doesn't give high five. Melon doesn't give high fives. He gives nut taps. I'm so happy I'm not a man, and I don't have fucking guys trying to tap my nuts and like make me go. Um, yeah. Um, well, I was gonna say the only thing I laughed at during the sketch was Chris Red is. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, I think. I don't fucking know. I'm not really a basketball person until the playoffs. Uh, He was on the show and they're like, Melon loves to surprise people. And someone came out and stabbed Kyrie Irving with the vax because he's uh, very uh, loudly declared he's not getting vaccinated. And the NBA has a you have to get vaxxed policy and he's losing money every game he sits out because he won't go get a fucking vaccine. Yeah, I wasn't so familiar with the situation, but that all sounds like about what I was guessing um, when I saw it. Although, oh my God, I was just laughing so hard because there was a line about him like being an athlete over Zoom. It it was so funny to me for some reason. But yeah, there was just such a good like parody of Ellen and her antics. Yeah, (laughs) she has heroic psychopaths on. And I believe Alex Moffat was portraying Conor McGregor, but that looks like an AM with a scribble through it. So take that with a grain of salt. Um, Someone in the audience shouted at Conor McGregor and he was like, I'm going to fight you. And then proceeded to fight the person. So, Yeah, um, there was at one point this image of Joe Rogan and then the guy from Ancient Aliens and <laughs> I think it was Melon said something like, oh, um, the ancient aliens guy might just be Joe Rogan in a wig. And there was a graphic on the screen that was so funny to me. I don't know why. It was just like seeing the hair go on and off cracked up. <laughs> I, re- I laughed at that, too. And honestly, I mean, I've heard weirder conspiracy theories. So whatever. Definitely <sighs> heard weirder. Oh, well, the next one was like a feel-good Orphan Annie music. It was like the feel-good musical Orphan Annie or feel-good. No, no, no. Sorry. That's very wrong. I'm very high. Um, They said it's feel-good orphan music, the musical Annie. This was hilarious. So uh, we have Melissa Villasenor playing Annie. We had Cecily Strong as like the governess lady. And then the sketch goes through the staff and it's like A.D. Bryant's going to teach her how to cook and swim. Uh, I, Ego Nwodum was going to teach her how to read or something, but the main point is we get to Jason Sudeikis and they're like, yeah, that's Ricky. We don't know what Ricky does. It's like, okay. He's like, oh, I'm not a creep or anything like that to the tune of the song. And, um, like this was actually, yeah, they stayed to the tune of the song really well and the costumes were so on point. It looked just like the scene, but then he starts talking and he seems really creepy and I wasn't really sure what angle this sketch was about to take, but 
to cannibalism. So, it, yeah, I was not expecting cannibalism. I gotta say, like you know, I I figured there were a number of uh, I figured there were a number of routes it would take, but that was not one of them. Um, they got me. Yeah, he's yeah no, and they were like, oh, I get paid twenty G's a week, and it was and I think at that point, Eddie Bryant was like, what? What did you do? Uh, yeah, he. Well, Ego Notum uh, also was like, she stopped him because. She had, like, slept with him and was like, I need answers. Right. She said, we've been intimate three times or something of the sort. And I laughed at that. Just her delivery of that line. I am so fucking happy she is a cast member. Any, uh, yeah. Jason Sudeikis says, oh, sir, tonight, do you want Italian or Greek? And he's like, we'll have both. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah. And then he walked out. Mikey Day, Daddy Warbucks, with all his friends in their masks, which I'm guessing is a reference to the VIPs in Squid Game. Still haven't seen Squid Game. Uh, was planned on watching it on Sunday, and then it took me like three hours to watch this episode. So, you know, post-concert <laughs> post depression is weird. Um, Any depression is weird. Uh, it is, but it's like, I don't know. It's like post-concert depression is the weirdest for me because I know it's coming. I know what it feels like, and I know that it's going to be over the next day, but never fucking fail. And I mean, you know me. I've, this was like my 183rd concert or some shit. Like, I figured this out like 30 concerts in, <laughs> and never fucking fail the day after a show i'm sad because there's no live music in my life and then the day after that i'm like wow that was a really great experience i'm really happy i went never fucking fail this has been going on for 20 fucking years so i kind of feel the same way about disney trips <laughs> honestly though because guys this is my big secret i'm a disney adult anyways <laughs> it's <laughs> You're fine. You're the good kind of Disney adult. Um, th there's two very different types. We've talked about this before. You're the good type. Good and bad. Yeah, so the next sketch that we had was teacher parent-teacher conference night. And this was written by Ego Nuorum and Will Steven. Will Steffen? One of the two. Um, the teacher was portrayed by Jason Sudeikis. The mother was Ego Nuorum, and the father was Kyle Mooney. And the parent-teacher conference starts, and it looks like the teacher and the mom are kind of hitting on one another, and Kyle Mooney's like, <laughs> what? And then it becomes very clear that the teacher and the mother are into one another. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I get it. Fucking Ego Nordum is hot. But... It makes sense like, that she wrote this sketch, because she was so funny in this. And people were like, did you write that sketch so you got to make out with Jason? And like literally Amy Poehler and Tina Fey have talked about literally how they uh, would write sketches where characters they portrayed would have to make out with the hot hosts. Like that was something that she, that Amy Poehler, Tina Fey and Maya Rudolph did. So they got to kiss these hot guys. And honestly, I don't even fucking blame them. They did the work. They put in the work that you got to give it up. It's to like, them. you know what? You're, you are on SNL. You get to do that. That's a perk. Um, the Ego Nuotum asked if Jason Sudeikis was available, and he's like, in what sense? Um, 
God, they went like real kinky. It was like, you don't strike me as the punishing type. And Jason Sudeikis called Egun Wodo Miss Thang at one point. And Kyle Mooney had a line that was like, yeah, not crazy about the whole uh, Miss Thang. And I lost it. It was so well delivered. I know I say it every single time, but Kyle Mooney was so funny in this. (laughs) (laughs) He had me cracking up with his, his, I mean, I've seen him do characters like this before, but he was just, right. it's just, it gets me every time. And he seemed to be enjoying it. He was playing the straight man. He really did seem to be enjoying it. Again, this was another sketch where they like kind of started to break but recovered. And then it just turned into like full-on cucking because Ego Jodum and Jason Sudeikis were on the desk making out. It was it was a lot. Yeah, and then the whole sketch kind of came full circle with this little joke about fractions, and I love when that happens. Great yeah. format. Love it. Truly. I mean, yeah, because it started with their kid being bad at math and getting it from Kyle Mooney and Kyle Mooney couldn't do fractions. Yeah, 100 percent. It was a very well written, very well executed sketch. And then we had the pre-tape. Okay, Um, this sketch was about non-stick prescription underwear for men don't know who this was written by either i don't know who Um, this was written for these men were so poopy they were poopy men fucking christ like is this a problem that men have and if so what the fuck like why are we pooping ourselves regularly i don't poop myself do you no not since i was a young one Um, Right, like, before I was potty trained, yeah, cannot think of a time that I've had this issue, and it was just, like, cast iron underwear, so the poop would slide right out of the underwear, and I'm just like, fuck, boys are gross, I'm so fucking, yeah, those jokes were all just a little bit too detailed and too real. You know. Right. Like, and that was honestly disturbing. Like, whoever the fuck was writing this sketch, do they have an issue with shitting their pants regularly? Like, if so, please go see a doctor. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, and then we had Brandy Crowell's <sighs> first performance, which was Broken Horses. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Uh, My grandmother is a fan of her. Uh, That was actually how I discovered Brandi Carlisle. She was like, ooh, I like this artist. You should check her out. And I did. And I was like, ooh, I like it. I could be absolutely making this up, but I'm pretty sure I first heard Brandi Carlisle um, in Pretty Little Liars, one of her songs. Got no idea. I've never watched that. So, Yeah, that was my shit. Um, and you know, this is my shit weekend update. (laughs) Yeah. So this weekend update, Colin Jost broke the record for longest all time weekend update host, uh, beating Seth Meyers. Um, I get, I think I saw some stat on Twitter and it might've been the SNL stats guys, which now they're the SNL network. They merged with another SNL project. Um, but they were saying that if someone were to break Colin Jost and Michael Che's record, it would take a decade. Damn. Um, they were really good 
last night. I don't even know what night it, this, this is anymore. Um, two nights, two ago, nights ago, but yeah, they, th- this was good. <laughs> Colin Jost was mocking Kanye wearing different masks saying, oh, wait, he goes by yay now. And then a picture flashes and he's like, no one looks at this and thinks yay. And Michael Che just like spontaneously laughed and it was the most adorable fucking thing ever and I loved it. It was adorable. And they talked about mixing and matching vaccines. <laughs> they labeled it the wing in it phase of the pandemic. That was hilarious to me. It really um, was at- because... As they said, like, when has your doctor just said, yeah, mix and match, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, for real. They um, showed the, or they didn't show it, but they talked about the Smash Mouth concert video. I saw this, like, It was so bad. It was so bad. And, like, they're saying it's dementia, but he may have just been, like, super fucking drunk. I don't fucking know. Um, And as someone who has gotten her booster... Uh, I did not mix and match. I got my I got my regular booster, and I'm now super protected against COVID. So yay! I'm probably not going to die. Yeah, I'm not mixing and matching. This is third grade. No, uh, we had Jason Sudeikis come out. He portrayed the devil. Honestly, this is one of my favorite bits by him. I was assuming they would bring it back. I was hoping they would bring it back, and they did. Uh, This was written by Jason Sudeikis himself. Um, He made a joke about how he got the best lap dance of his life from Lil Nas X. Um... Something he had about so many good just like references to things that have been happening. It Fuck, was, I know. Like when he got a phone call and it was Prince Andrew. <laughs> I, I love the devil. Oh my God, it was great. He was saying, oh, my man Tom Brady, I got his soul in this portrait and pulls out this like aged up faux portrait of Tom Brady. Um, and then Colin Jost said something, I can't remember what, but... Uh, Jason's devil was like, um, hey, man, you know the deal you made. I got you Scarlet. And Colin Jost was like, hey, that's not fair. At which point Jason Sudeikis comes back and says, I don't know who screwed her more, you or Disney. At which point, oh, um, yeah, this whole bit. I was like pretty good on the devil before. Oh, Jesus, that's not a soundbite I want. <laughs> Um, I was pretty good with Jason Sudeikis, him being the devil, but I felt it was slightly overused towards the end of his tenure on SNL, but tonight it was a welcome, uh, welcome appearance. It was, and it seemed like Colin Jost got a little bit of a blush at that Scarlet joke too. That was pretty funny. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's become clear that's obviously the soft spot. In terms of uh, jokes, whether it's Michael Che making them or Jason Sudeikis. And now they have a baby named Cosmo, which is the most fucking Italian thing I've ever heard. Carry on. Um, we had What's Up With That Halloween edition with a lot of celebrity cameos up next. A lot. Um, this. You wrote this? <laughs> Thank you. Um. This was written by Rob Klein, Kenan Thompson, and Brian Tucker. All right. It was narrated by Mikey Day, or he was the MC. Um, 
Punky Johnson and Melissa Villasenor were backup dancers and singers, and the three special guests on What's Up With That were Nicholas Braun from Succession, better known as Cousin Greg, uh, Emily Ratajkowski, who is a model and wrote a book that I just read a review of earlier. Um, She talks about, like, her image in Hollywood and how, like, she's gotten so far because she's pretty, but she's also not taken seriously because she's pretty. And when she was assaulted by Robin Thicke on the set of Blurred Lines... Like, people were just like, well, I mean, yeah, you're dancing naked in the video. What did you think was going to happen? And she basically talks about gender in Hollywood and gender in modeling and how it's fucked. I cannot wait to read it. Um, anyway, and also, everyone's favorite bae, Oscar Isaac. Uh, Keenan, obviously, I was very kind of bummed that Bill Hader was not there to portray Lindsay Buckingham, especially since Lindsay Buckingham was fucking on the show last week. Oh my God, I didn't put that together in my little weed-addled brain. (laughs) Weed-addled, I like that. Um, Chris Red played Weird Al Sharpton, which was a combo of Weird Al and Al Sharpton, and I loved it. Um, there is a petition going around to have Weird Al replace Ed Sheeran as the guest on November, whatever, 6th, maybe? I can't remember. I think 6th. Um, wait, it's because, be Ed Sheeran? Wait, it was, okay, so it was announced that the next host was Kieran Culkin from Succession. He plays Roman. Uh, and the musical guest was going to be Ed Sheeran. That was announced Saturday night. And then on Sunday, Ed Sheeran was like, hey, I have COVID. I have to cancel everything that's coming up. And technically, November 6th is outside of the two-week quarantine time, but he would need to provide a negative test to get into the country. And when Ed Sheeran was like, hey, Lauren, could I do it live virtually? Lauren was apparently less than impressed with that suggestion, and Ed Sheeran might not be invited back. So it's a little bit harsh that he wouldn't get invited back. Like, he got COVID, you know, he can't really control that. Right? And especially since fucking Morgan Wallen was, like, partying and making out with women without masks, and he got, he had to postpone. They brought in Jack White, and three weeks later, Morgan Wallen was the musical guest with Jason Bateman, and it's like, okay, fuck it. I mean, like, Ed Sheeran, fine. He didn't want to get COVID. No one wants to get COVID. Do I hope he was vaccinated and just happened to test positive? Yes. Am I worried that he wasn't? Yeah. Whatever it was, do you think it's, like, was Lauren just not into the idea of him doing it virtually? Because it, like, ruins the magic or something? I, I fully think that was it. I mean... I think Lauren is probably like, no, like if you're live, you're here. You're not live from the UK. That starts a precedent. They've never done that. Like Mm. be in studio or don't be just say, Hey, I have COVID. I'll come back in four weeks. I know it fucks up your album rollout, but you shouldn't have gotten COVID. Also, did you see the thing that he was hanging out with uh, Prince William and Kate like seven days ago? 
Wait, Ed Sheeran? Yeah. He was at the Earthshot thing with Emma Watson and Prince Charles and Prince William and Kate Middleton. Yeah. No way. That's a super spreader British edition. Uh-huh. <laughs> British edition. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, Fred Ormison was playing saxophone as he normally did in these sketches. Not really a fan of Fred Armisen, but I did see Slater Kinney once, and Fred Armisen was standing right above us, so that was cool. Um, he needs to crack up. Yeah, I just... I can appreciate him in small doses, and, like, I love his... It, the character Regine or Regina, and she's like throwing it. He's throwing his legs all over the people beside yeah. him. That's funny, but uh, I, yeah, Fred Armisen, I can't get on board with a lot. Um, there was no Bill Hader, but Fre- uh, not Fred Thompson, Keenan Thompson's uh, host was, he just kept saying, okay, Lindsay to Nicholas Braun. And um, yeah. Nicholas Braun at the end chair dancing to the What's Up With That song. I liked it. I did not notice that. Aw. Yeah. Have you seen Succession? No. (gasps) You have to fucking watch it. Okay. Uh, Founding Fathers, which was, and I guessed it before I saw the SNL standby line breakdown. It was written by Andrew Dismukes and Celeste Yim. This felt like an Andrew Dismukes sketch simply because it was like, but wait, what if? Right. And that just really, that's his vibe. Yeah. So I wasn't surprised to learn it was written by him. The character was so spot on. I was like, this has to be his character that he's written just now. Um, yeah, no, 100%. It was like written around him. And we had Kyle Mooney, James Austin Johnson, Andrew Dismukes, Jason Sudeikis as Thomas Jefferson, I think. Yeah. Mikey Day and Alex Moffat. And they were basically all debating different things about the Declaration of Independence. And Andrew Dismukes, Andrew Dismukes just keeps saying, yo, you should put a sick ass treasure map on the back. And I laughed because, like, we all lived through National Treasure. I saw that shit in the theater. Um, I'm guessing you did not. Okay, so (coughs) I just had my moment of, oh, was this a National Treasure joke? (laughs) Yes. Kind of, yeah. Okay. I didn't really catch that because I I only saw that movie once, just like a few years ago, like not even as a kid, you know, I just saw it to see it. Wait, are you fucking kidding me? No, that's true. Well, there's a whole sketch written about it that I didn't get. Um, no, it was like, uh, oh God. And then Aristotle Atari and A.D. Bryant were time travelers and they showed up in Revolutionary Hall or whatever the fuck it's called in Philly. And they're like, yo, we're time travelers from the future. There's no map on the back of the Declaration of Independence and we're pissed. And then they disappear and the rest of the founding fathers are like, well, let's put a map on the back of the Declaration of Independence. And that was that. Yeah, the whole thing was really funny, but there was this one particular moment where, like, Kyle Mooney's character started talking up and the camera did a close-up of him and he just looked like he was about to start laughing and he had a line, something along the lines of, like, democracy being the greatest treasure of all. We went into Brandy Carlyle's second performance, which was right on time. 
And at first I was like, wow, this is sad. Like, not to get too specific, but I related to this a little too hard. And then it got like super rock and guitar and just, I was like, all right, fuck yeah, I'll download this. Cool. I loved her outfit. I'll say that. Mm hmm. And then the 10 to 1 was the 10 to 1. It was, yeah, it was casino. It was like a casino setting. Hang on one second. I just realized that I didn't see the cover times. Wait, seriously? Okay, we will just <laughs> stop recording and then start again. Okay, yeah. I literally, I thought texting you this morning would alleviate that, but apparently not. Sorry, I'm just fucking, I'm fucking with you. I'm just giving you shit. You're good. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we had like this casino setting where a couple, which was Heidi Gardner and Jason Sudeikis, they've lost everything. Uh, this was written by Dan Bulla and Michael Che. Um, Kenan Thompson was playing this creep that was like, hey, can I sleep with your wife? And Jason Sudeikis was like, what? And he's like, I'll give you a million dollars. And he's like, well, maybe. And then he's like, I'll give you $10,000. And he just keeps wavering on the amount of money he wants to give Jason Sudeikis for sleeping with his wife. And it's, like the funniest part of the whole sketch to me was how he was going like to really high numbers, then just all over the place on the number line. Yeah. Keenan was definitely the best part of the sketch in terms of his $5 million, $10,000, $2 million. Yeah, it was just absolutely insane. And then Jason Sudeikis said something about like, okay, I'm done. I'm giving you 10 seconds to get out of here. And Kenan's like, Dale, I only need eight. And I fucking laughed so hard at that because obviously it's a joke about premature ejaculation, but like <laughs> it was just the delivery. Yeah. We had two cut for times this week, and there was apparently a third cut sketch that was amazing that was like written by and featured Sarah Sherman. It did not get posted to YouTube, and people were upset about that. But also, I think that means there's hope that it might resurface in a sketch in the future or in an episode in the future. So, fingers crossed for that. But for the two cut for times that we did have, they were both weekend update features yes one was a reoccurring guy who just bought a boat with alex moffat yes halloween dating advice this was, eh, this was written by anna dresden and alex moffat um, this was uh, honestly the most salacious and i think forward one of these i don't know maybe it i don't know if it's i mean I don't know if Alex Moffat's planning on leaving or whatnot, but we haven't seen Guy Who Just Bought a Boat in a while. And um, the way he opened with uh, Trick or Treat, Smell My Meat, Give Me Somewhere Good to Ski. And I was just like permanently disgusted and also laughed out loud simply because of the rhyming. Um, yeah, there was some really good wordplay here. Yeah, there really was. Uh, something about... Oh, I wrote three thumbs because Alex Moffat was like, I give it three thumbs up. And Colin Jost was like, wait, what? Three? Oh. And I wrote, wordplay is great. Um, 
there was something about a wine tasting in upstate New York, and that's why they're called the Finger Lakes. And I laughed at that. Um, I also forgot to mention it, but at the beginning of this, like, Colin Jost had a little bit of trouble introducing the segment. Right? Like, that wasn't scripted, right? No, I don't it believe It felt so. too real. That was, like, a me moment right there. Yeah. Um, something about... I. Ke- Something about I don't slide right off. It's slender, man. We also had Melissa Villasenor on Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, but really, it was just her talking about her boyfriend breaking up with her. Pretty much. And I will say, I saw her earlier this summer, and she was talking about her boyfriend and her boyfriend's kids. And I was sad because she seemed really excited about them. But at the same time, she's Melissa Villasenor. She's gorgeous and she's awesome. So she's going to be just fine. Um, she said that she was here to, on SNL to bag a host and set Twitter on fire. And I laughed at that a lot. That's what I would want to do, too. That's a really mm-hmm. good list. 100%. Um, I mean, Colin Jost did it. Why can't we all do it? Damn and right. she, she uh, also sang about wanting a man who knows how to split me in half. And I fucking laughed at that, too, because Jesus Christ, that was graphic, but hilarious. Yeah, it was a parody of the Mary Poppins song where Jane and Michael Banks sing about wanting a nanny. And she was singing about wanting a boyfriend. Uh, and that was such a good line. I wrote it okay. down too because she rhymed laugh with break me in half which yeah okay i i missed the whole mary poppins jane and michael singing about a nanny thing i haven't seen the og mary poppins in years so that's my bad that's another one that i have watched quite often i mean i love me some julie andrews it just hasn't been in my uh rotation as of late anyway what was your nope of the night so I think I'm going to go with the 10 to 1 being my nope of the night. It just, all around, eh. <laughs> okay. Uh, I can see that. Um, my nope of the night was the men's underwear thing. The skillet, cast iron, what the fuck ever, like, poop sketch. What the fuck? Stop pooping your pants, dudes. Wait, I'm really high, and that's what I should have said. <laughs> Okay, so that's fine. That's our, that's both of our nopes of the night. I was like, really? The last sketch? Okay. All right. <laughs> Personal choice, I guess. Um, my runner-up was Jason Sudeikis' monologue. Wow. I think my runner-up was probably the Annie sketch just because of that turn that it took. <laughs> the cannibalist turn? Yeah. Wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it either, but I don't know. I like musical sketches, but I prefer it when John Mulaney is in them. And what was your, your, (laughs) what was your favorite? Uh, My favorite for the night was the parent-teacher conference with Egon (gasps) Wodum and Jason Sudeikis and Mikey Day playing the string. Yes! Oh my God, I love it. 
I love it when we pick the best. Uh, <laughs> when we pick the same shit, um, <laughs> when we pick the best sketch to be the best one. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. It really was, though. It was funny and real and just over the top. And Ego was the perfect fucking person for this. And yeah, I will watch this sketch again in the future for fucking sure. Yes, and until next week when we have a a very old well not an old recording it's just <laughs> about a month old <laughs> it's a month it's a month old it's one of our classic episodes we recorded when steph visited me so you'll get an in-person recording um but before then you can uh find us on any major on eh on any on every major podcast platform don't forget to like subscribe rate and review it's super fucking important yeah and we're on social media twitter youtube reddit and facebook at sat night high pod night is spelled n-i-t-e on twitter we got a website, satnighthighpod.com. If you want to send us a long message, it's satnighthighpod at gmail. But until two weeks from now, because we got the next week off, because we're smart bitches and we prepared ahead, we will uh, s- see you next time. Yes, happy highs. Happy highs.